and welcome to the Battle Plan podcast, where we talk about interesting topics and help you improve your English skills. I'm your host, Jeremy, and we're going to talk about one of the most ambitious and controversial projects in the world, China's Belt and Road Initiative, or BRI for short. In fact, this month there is a very important event that is related to the BRI, the third Belt and Road Forum for International Cooperation, or BRF for short. The BRF is a platform for dialogue and cooperation among the BRI partners and stakeholders. The first BRF was held in 2017 and the second in 2019, both in Beijing, China. The third BRF will also be held in Beijing on October the 17th to the 18th, 2023. You may have heard of the BRI before, but do you know exactly what it is and why it matters? Well, the BRI is a massive plan by China to connect itself with more than 140 countries across Asia, Europe, Africa and beyond through a network of roads, railways, ports, pipelines, power plants, and other infrastructure projects. The BRI was launched by the Chinese president, Xi Jinping, in 2013, and has been his signature foreign policy ever since. He has called it the project of the century and a road for peace. But not everybody agrees with Xi's vision. Some critics say that the BRI is a way for China to expand its influence and dominance in the world and to trap other countries into debt and dependence. They also point out the environmental and social costs of some of the BRI's projects, such as displacing local communities, damaging natural habitats and violating human rights. So is the BRI a good or a bad thing for the world? And is it worth it for China and its partners? Well, that's what we're going to explore in this episode. We look at some of the achievements and the challenges of the BRI in the past decade, as well as some of the opportunities and risks for the future. To start with, let's look at some of the numbers behind the BRI. According to a report by the World Bank, the BRI could increase global trade by up to 9.7%, global income by up to 3.4%, and lift 32 million people out of extreme poverty by 2030. That sounds pretty impressive, right? But how much does the BRI cost? Well, that's hard to say because there is no official or comprehensive data on how much China has invested or lent to other countries under the BRI. Some estimates put the total value of BRI contracts at over $1 trillion, while others say it could be as high as $8 trillion. Either way, it's a huge amount of money. And where does this money come from? Well, most of it comes from Chinese state-owned banks and enterprises, which provide loans and financing to other countries for BRI projects. 
These loans often have low interest rates and long repayment periods, which make them attractive for developing countries that need infrastructure development. However, these loans also come with some strings attached, such as requiring the use of Chinese contractors, workers, and materials, or giving China access to strategic assets or resources. This leads us to one of the main criticisms of the BRI debt trap diplomacy. This is the idea that China deliberately lends money to countries that cannot afford to repay it and then uses their debt as a leverage to gain political and economic concessions from them. For example, in 2017, Sri Lanka had to hand over a strategic port to China on a 99-year lease after failing to repay its debt. Other countries have faced similar problems, including Pakistan, Kenya, and Zambia. But is this really China's intention? Or is it just a result of poor planning and management? Well, some experts say that China is not deliberately trying to trap other countries into debt, but rather that it is facing some challenges in implementing its grand vision. For instance, some of the BRI projects have been delayed or cancelled due to political instability, security risks, corruption scandals, or environmental concerns in some host countries. Some of these projects have also been criticised for being low quality, unsustainable, or unnecessary. To address these issues, China has tried to improve its governance and standards for the BRI in recent years. It has also tried to make the BRI more inclusive and transparent by inviting more countries and organizations to join or cooperate with it. For example, in 2019, China signed a Memorandum of Understanding with the European Union on synergies between the BRI and the EU's connectivity strategy. China has also pledged to make the BRI more green and sustainable by promoting clean energy and reducing carbon emissions. So what does the future hold for the BRI? Well, that depends on many factors, such as how China will deal with the impact of the COVID-19 pandemic on its economy and its relations with other countries, how other countries will respond to China's growing role and influence in global affairs, how regional and international organizations will coordinate their policies and actions on issues related to the BRI, and how public opinion will shape the perception and acceptance of the BRI. That's all for today's episode of the Battle Plan Podcast. I hope you enjoyed it and learned something new. My name is Jeremy, and thank you for being with me during this look into global economics. Stay tuned and watch out for our next episode. Thank you.